0: You mentioned uh, Monero before. You're asking me to reveal my wall of shame, aren't you? I have to ask this question, unfortunately. And
1: Bitcoin only now. What's your impressions of, of El Salvador? I'd love to say that you can buy everything with Bitcoin, but you can't. So I've been twice. I actually found that there were slightly fewer bases to pay with Bitcoin on my second visit than my first visit. Most of the country is still very much uh, dollar-based. Just the PR, the country's gone. It really has put El Salvador on the world stage. What was you expecting before? Well, that is a brilliant question. So what I was expecting, and I did, there's no point denying this because I wrote about it quite extensively. I did expect a very significant uptick very quickly. Bitcoin doesn't care what you do with it. It doesn't stop someone in Africa using Bitcoin as a medium of exchange or a store of value in another country. It doesn't, you know, the network's completely capable of dealing with all of this. The
0: first thing I noticed uh, when I came across your profile and I researched a little bit about you was that you have a book called How to Explain Bitcoin to Your Mom. And this was this was nice because my mom has Bitcoin, but Does she's is she? not. Yes, yeah, she has. And she's there not. Uh, she's actually not uh, a Bitcoiner. Like, she's not really convinced about it. She's like, oh, it's uh, some investing stuff, some new stuff, some modern stuff. And I always try to explain it to her, but I did not go through that she really understands it. But she has Bitcoin because she loves me. That's basically the explanation. Uh, but uh, how do you explain
1: Bitcoin to your mom? Like, how can you? How can I explain it better to my mom? Listen, if it was easy, I wouldn't have written an entire book. Yeah. Um, so you got to understand. Like, in my case, my mom. Uh, I mean, I put this into the introduction, but my mum spent years telling people that I work for a company called Microwave instead of a large, well-known software company. (laughs) Um, So that was her kind of level of understanding of technology. Now, she still doesn't have the Internet. Even to this day, she doesn't see the point of it. Um, in fact, she still blames me for the demise of the high street because of the growth of the internet. Like it, it's somehow my fault for working a microwave. Um, but um, so so that's 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 my starting point. But the other thing is she doesn't even have a mobile phone. Um, so so that's how out of the technology is. I should say she has got a mobile phone now, but it's a pay as you go one. And she never turns it on because she doesn't like to waste the battery. So um, it doesn't help us. So look, trying to go in and explain this was was impossible. And I don't think either of us came out of it particularly well. So that led to the inspiration of, right, if I can explain it to my mum in a book, then we've got a chance of explaining it to anyone. So So I wrote this book. It's quite old now, though. It's 2018, this book. Um, but the, the, the concepts are still valid, but some of the data is now out of date. And I try to just explain in a nice sort of friendly, lighthearted, slightly humorous way, um, very slow journey through money and why it's different and why you should look into it.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because, uh, in, in the, in the first stages, when you try something To explain something simple, in simple terms, you're always like, oh, explain it to me like I'm five years old. But it seems like young people, like even under 10 years old, they get Bitcoin quicker because they have uh, digital things they value. Like they have a video game, they buy skins, they buy stuff digitally, and they uh, naturally add them. With value, they're like, "Oh, of course, this digital thing has value." So for them to jump to the conclusion, "Oh yeah, Bitcoin also has value," is sometimes easier for uh, older folks that, like, as your mom is not even on the internet. Uh, so that's uh, that's an interesting uh, thing to do, like explain it to your mom, not like a five-year-old.
1: Well, I- exactly, and that was the challenge. But you're absolutely right because. You know, the next generation do already understand the the concept of digital scarcity uh, through, you know, boxes in games and that kind of stuff. So they get it already. Uh, It's not that big a leap. But for my mum, the whole thing was just so out there. Um, It was it was tricky. So that was the challenge. She did read it, by the way, uh, slightly under duress, but she did read it. uh, And um, it's helped a bit, but she hasn't got any Bitcoin, so put it that way.
0: And you came into Bitcoin, I think, as you write in the, in the in your Twitter bio in 2016, which is an interesting time because you have the high in 2013 with like, I think, over $1,000. And in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, it's, it went never over the $1,000 mark. So it's like a, a longer bare face, um, but it was on the uprise. How did you discover Bitcoin and how did you explain it to yourself?
1: Uh, Well, the first time I discovered it actually uh, was in 2013, so it was quite early on, Um, and I actually read about it in a a newspaper article just by chance I was on the train, and I read this thing, and I couldn't understand it at all, uh, what they were talking about, so of course I googled it, which was a terrible mistake, because, um, uh, you know, I was just inundated with articles about why it was a scam and and wouldn't work, and... (laughs) Having a sort of an economic background, uh, I, I Googled, this is an even bigger mistake, what do economists think of um, Bitcoin? So, you know, <laughs> I've got Paul Krugman and Peter Schiff and all these guys saying, you know, it's a disaster. So I, I left it alone and based on that tiny bit of research. And I lost three years um, because, you know, that Google search could have gone any, it could have gone a different way, uh, but it didn't uh and so those guys have got a lot to answer for but um yeah ultimately i ended up uh taking the long way around so it was 16 when i decided look i'm gonna have to buy some whether i understand it or not because i could see the the number go up uh and that bit i did understand uh so i thought well i'll get some and i remember apologizing to my other half actually and i told her i'm so sorry i've left it so long because i really thought i was late right everyone thinks they're late to bitcoin Everyone. so I apologize, I, I managed to get some, uh, managed to not lose it, which was the next thing. Uh, and that started me on learning about it. And, and you know, as well, Robin, as everyone else, that once you actually make the decision to learn about it, then the world opens up to you. And you can't unsee it. And once, once you're in, you're in.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I had a similar experience. I mean, I, but for me it was even uh, more extreme because I heard it the first time in two thousand seventeen. I was nineteen at the time, uh, and I dismissed it as a scam. I was investing in in stocks. I had quite a f- few successes, especially with Tesla. I had. A, I think also a little bit of luck uh, there. And I always dismissed it as a scam because I wasn't the warm Buffett mindset. An asset has to have a cash flow. <laughs> it's gold co- yeah. is nothing. Bitcoin is nothing. I had this kind of mindset. And so in, in 2020, more people uh, because of my successes in the stock market, came up to me and said, like, oh, what do you think of Bitcoin? And I discovered that I don't have good arguments against Bitcoin, actually. And so I went on this uh, weekend streak where I'm like this weekend I will get arguments against Bitcoin and on the quest of finding things against bitcoin i discovered bitcoin (laughs) and i bought uh, the monday afterwards so it's it's interesting how people are getting orange build and how they they get into bitcoin and uh, it's 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 crazy and it's this kind of motivation you get when you find bitcoin as you are also i think you probably did something else before bitcoin uh, and you did not speak so much about bitcoin before you discovered bitcoin like what did you do before and what didn't motivate you then talk so much about bitcoin and write the book about it and explain it to so many people
1: yeah it's quite a big jump i suppose um and obviously you know I, i was at uni can you believe in the late 80s so that's going back a while um and my degree was sort of management focused but i specialized actually in law Um, And I thought because I found it really interesting and I like to hear myself talk. So I thought it'd be, you know, a barrister or something would be pretty cool. Um, But then I realized that was a lot of work involved with that uh, and years of work. So I thought, right, I'll do something easier. So I went into marketing because you could just make that up, really. Um, And, um, you know, I I found myself after a few years in the corporate world at Microsoft did five or six years at Microsoft. And I actually started, I started a number of little small businesses here. They always had an entrepreneurial sort of side. Uh, and actually uh, set up a chain of internet cafes and game zones around around the UK and what we call the home counters here in the UK. Just at the time, they really took off. Um, so, you know, remember, internet was terrible then. So, yeah, we paid something like or 40,000 pounds a year to have this, I think it was 128K line, um yeah all the computer yet, which was super fast at the time uh and then i just opened more and more of these um and actually it was towards the end of that period because i did it for years um you know running these uh these these different internet cafes we had 23 employees at the peak of it so we did we did you know really go for it cool. uh and we were the longest running chain and, and i one to say the largest chain in the uk um which wasn't saying very much because we didn't have that many branches but they were all independent. So when I finally did get my head around the Bitcoin thing, the first thing I thought was, how can I, how can I mine this? Not that I really understood it, but I knew that I could mine. I'd missed the CPU days and I'd missed the graphics card days, but of course I did have all these computers. So I realized I could mine Monero because you could do that with GPUs. Uh, and I thought, well, I can buy mine Monero or sell my hash to NiceHash, uh, and then I can, you know, acquire more Bitcoin. So we're now, this we're now in 17, 2017. And all the time I'm reading about this and I'm thinking, this is just like the internet was in the nineties. And remember, I was right at the cutting edge of that in the nineties as a young man. And it was super exciting. Um, so I was about 24, 25, probably around your age now, I guess. Uh, But, you know, I was helping drive the adoption of the internet. fact, that was my role at Microsoft was was to do this. So to have that experience was amazing. And now as a much older man, I'm thinking, I could could do this again. I've got a second chance. I mean, how cool is that? Nobody gets two goes. Um, So I thought, right, I've got to. I've got to uh, learn more about this. So that was when, um, obviously, I started ramping up the mining side, using the downtime of the computers. That led me to learning more about it. And it led me ultimately to decision, internet cafes are coming to the end of their lifespan. I need to sell these, move somehow into Bitcoin. Didn't know how, but I knew that I wanted to be involved. I knew the buzz was the same. This open source network had the same, if not greater power than the internet. So I did. That's what I did. I sold the cafes, sold them all. And um just decided I'm gonna do Bitcoin. That was it. That's what I said to my, my missus, I'm gonna do Bitcoin. And she said, What does that mean? I said, Well, I don't I don't really know yet. Uh I just know that I'm going to do Bitcoin. Uh and it just started. What, what? Uh similar to you, I think, which is, you know, lots of lots of Twitter, lots of learning, lots of listening, uh, and 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 it just things developed. Uh, from there, and uh, great, and I'm very, very pleased. I made that decision. By the way,
0: was that the moment when re- renewable Blocks uh, started, and uh, your Bitcoin driver uh,
1: career? Uh, well, that renewal Blocks came much later. That's that's what's happening now. Um, but up until then, I mean, I was I was uh, doing some consultancy work for um, Luno. In the UK, in fact, I was running the um, Bitcoin Pioneers and the Bitcoin HODLers uh, communities here in the UK. Uh, and the fact that only stopped really at the end of last year because the FCA rigs um, created all sorts of complications so we couldn't really carry it on in the format that it was running. Yeah. Um, uh, but also I've been mining now, large-scale mining, for five years um, through Siberian Mine, uh, who I got to know, very well back in the early days as they were setting up uh and sort of maintain that sort of contact and relationship and you know spent some time actually on the mining facilities Uh, and i've really been ramping that up over the last year Uh, and then of course i think you're referring to um bitcoin racing yeah you can probably see my uh my my suit still there but behind me uh looking at me sort of hoping that we'll have another season well we'll see right so i mean last year was last year was my rookie year as 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 a racing driver 52 suddenly decided to become a racing driver uh uh with of course the bitcoin racing team who I, i bumped into um through the bitcoin pioneers uh work that i was doing they reached out we got to know each other got on really well then we all went together to el salvador twice um to uh as guests of the government to um to meet with some senior people there including the vice president and others uh to discuss um the endorsement of the team by El Salvador which they did give they did give their endorsement uh so that 's why we have the flags on the roof and then of course we needed some more drivers. We already have one great driver uh who's chris mackenzie uh, who's, who's uh, um, uh, part of the uh, part of the team um a part of the family that runs the team and so three other rookie drivers came in and i was one of them so uh, uh what a fabulous year it was slightly terrifying uh but uh what a buzz <laughs> amazing what, what
0: is uh renew blocks actually all about
1: renewable blocks is um it's i mean i've been working with these guys for some time i actually bought two and a half percent of the company a, a year or so ago i think because i that what they were trying to do was um, kind of marry Bitcoin mining, which, of course, you can tell I'm very passionate about, with with uh, renewable energy, which I'm also passionate about. But these guys really know their stuff when it comes to renewable energy. Um, and the problem with that we've got around the world with renewable energy is that when you, you know, want to put, a, for example, a solar project together, say so you want to build a 20 megawatt solar project, Um, and you say right we're going to build this and uh, we're going to connect it up to um, the grid and Bob's your uncle off we go now the trouble is most national grids including in the UK uh, and actually most national grids really I can think of uh, are really designed for sort of centralized stable power sources they're not really designed for variable decentralized power sources so now whenever you bring these things online, you've got to upgrade the infrastructure. And in some cases, it's really difficult and really expensive, and it can take years. I mean, there are waiting times of over a decade, Uh, and you can end up with situations where projects are actually being built and then can't be connected. I mean, there's actually a few quite famous examples in the UK. So power's being produced, it doesn't go anywhere, (laughs) which is madness, right? I mean, obviously you don't normally get to that stage, you you know, normally don't build it out until they're closer but it does happen so what we've done is we've said okay let's model out what would happen if we could monetize that energy before it's connected to the grid so can we come up with a kind of bespoke solution where we can rock up uh, agree terms with that energy provider whatever stage they're at uh, and say, right, well, we can monetize that power in 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 the early stages, and you could do that as a partnership, you could do it as a joint venture. You could literally sell us the power. Um, there's all kinds of different bespoke ways that we could do that. So that was the concept, uh, and we've um, explored this over quite a long period of time. Then I joined the company. It's only a small startup, just a handful of guys uh, as uh, chief operating officer in, in um, October, and uh, then took on ten percent of the company. Um, and uh, in, in the meantime, we've, we've, we've got some uh, partners in America, a joint venture that we've, we've signed there. We've acquired 160 acres of land to deploy our first operation. That's going to be solar and Bitcoin mining. It's kind of a proof of concept, but also there's a good revenue opportunity there as well. And we have a number of leads with other things that we're looking at. And actually, as it happens, we're in a, we're in a seed raid, uh, seed raise round now. If you want to find out more about this, because I'll talk about this all day, so we'd better move on before I really go off on one. But um, um, I would say to you, look, if if you're interested in having a look at what we're we're doing here, because we have attracted quite a lot of interest, some of the, you know, some of the more prominent names in in the industry as well we we'll, we 'll we'll reveal more on that later on um, but uh, you can go to uh, our we page which is wefunder forward slash renew blocks uh, sorry wefunder dot forward slash renew blocks i think it is check it out um, we 'll put it in the show notes anyway i 'm sure but uh, yeah. it's uh, it 's a great opportunity it 's open now it 's only open for another couple of months and you can invest we 've made it so anyone can invest as well so you get the same terms if you 're investing a hundred dollars as if you 're investing a hundred thousand um, so yeah, check it out. It's I love it. It's really interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to working this project over the next few years.
0: Yeah, it will be everywhere in the show notes. And of course, also, uh, this podcast will be also launched on X directly. So uh, people can just click on your tag and see your profile. And I think it's already also in the bio in there. Um, yeah, perfect. Future of mining, I always like, I, I really like the example with uh, Texas where they balance the grid uh, with the, the miners. You also bring in next example in there where uh, big grids that are getting launched and maybe need the monetization till they are actually getting launched. Uh, that's amazing. Where do you see like Bitcoin mining in, evolving uh, from like 10 15 years ago where every PC could mine Bitcoin. Now we're at this stage where gets really big and a massive business also where public companies are involved or Bitcoin mining companies are public companies. How do you see it evolving in the next like 10, 20 years?
1: I mean, that's an amazingly long timescale for, for Bitcoin, of course, and we're only 15 years in now. And to be honest, we, we are, this is part of the excitement of it, right? I mean, we are forging a new path and no one's really sure what direction we're, we're going to go in. I think the things we can be fairly certain about is that the relationship between renewable energy and Bitcoin mining is just going to keep growing. And I think those two industries will come closer and closer together. I mean, the stuff we we'll talk about, renewable Blocks, is, is, is a good example of that. And there will be other people who, who do similar things or, or go off in slightly different directions. But I, I think that's inevitable. Um, there's lots of different ways we could go with this because, you know, there's, there is concern, for example, about decentralization uh, – sorry, about centralization of, of mining. Uh, and it, in some ways – That's a fair argument because it could be one of those things. You know, one of the arguments we always say about proof of stake is it's really not, you know, it's about who's got the most money ultimately. Right. So you can force your way into the network of money. It's not quite the same with Bitcoin, but you can kind of see the argument. If, if someone comes along and they've got $100 million and they buy $100 million of mines and they've got a good arrangement, which they can probably force with $100 million of mining, then you can argue there's a case of centralization there. It's not quite to the same degree, um, but it, it, it's, it's an angle. I don't think we have any cause for concern right now, just for the record, by the way. Um, maybe in 5, 10, 15 years' time, there might be. It's a trend that we have to uh, keep an eye on. Um, But, uh, you know, the rest of this answer is pretty vague because we don't really know where we're going to go. But I do see renewable energy, Bitcoin mining, more hand in hand. I do see the hash rate continuing to go up. I do see difficulty continuing to go up. Uh, and I do see a, 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 you know, continued innovation in the actual miners themselves. So I think those things we can be certain of. The actual shape, I don't know yet. Does it surprise you that the hash rate is going
0: up like in a straight line uh, basically and uh, the price of bitcoin is like uh, not like it's not coupled in any way so right now uh, at least when you look at the short term maybe if you look like five ten year trends then it's kind of coupled but uh, if you look at the short-term trends it's just seems like more bitcoin miners are going online more in investment in bitcoin miners uh, and we're not even close to the to the all-time high of bitcoin from uh, 2021.
1: Yeah I mean you're right because if you do look if you zoom out and look at that hash rate chart it is a, almost you know straight up and to the right if you do this, sort of a trend line um I, you know it doesn't really surprise me and I don't think that's going to change anytime um soon um there are a lot of people and I I do disagree with this actually most of the time there are a lot of people say oh yeah bitcoin's reached a new um high in terms of hash rate so price will follow I don't necessarily agree with that because In many ways, it's sort of a production cost. Um, And that's kind of separate from the market side of Bitcoin. If you're into trading and stuff, I mean, this is not really my area because I I don't trade. I've written a couple of articles about trading and basically telling people just how rubbish I am at it. So that's why I don't trade. Um, So I just think long term and invest long term. Um, So I don't necessarily agree that the cost of production really does drive the market. Uh, although, you know, I've had long debates with people over, over that particular point. Um, so, yeah, we, it, it's really a measure of confidence, isn't it? You know, miners will not deploy unless they are confident in Bitcoin itself, their own bottom lines uh, and, and the future. That's it. So hash really is a measure of minor confidence. I'm a miner. I'm very confident. I've been adding to my fleet. Um, quite significantly in in the last couple of months even though the bitcoin price is lower because i do believe long term it will be um higher and i do believe that you have to now factor in the halving because that's what it's only 90 odd days away i don't know how many it is somewhere around 90 days yeah. um so uh so now you've got to think ahead because i've already mined through on a large scale one, one halving and and you know the dynamics do change it does get a bit crazy for a for, for a little while, leading up to it, and afterwards. I'm
0: super excited to announce that this podcast just got the first ever sponsor. I just started the podcast out like three months ago and now we have 21Bitcoin as a partner for this podcast. 21Bitcoin is Bitcoin only from day one and they teach and preach self-custody. This is my go-to exchange when someone asks me oh where can i buy my bitcoin from this is the easiest entry for bitcoiners and if you want lower fees plus at the same time support this podcast use code robin and click the link in the description how does the domain change in the in the halving cycle for the miners uh, like the rewards obviously get halved uh, but how do how does that play out on like a half uh, on the mining side
1: well, I mean, last time around, for example, on the build-up to it, uh, everyone switched pretty much everything on, um, right? So it didn't matter how crappy your old machines were. You, you, you know, you're ramping them up to try and get that, uh, uh, that reward before it, um, before it halved to where it, to where it is now. So it was, uh, that was lot 12.5, wasn't it, before? So, um, But straight afterwards, there was a fairly rapid decline in hash rate. Because, of course, those machines, a lot of those machines, then immediately became unviable. So you shut it down. You just saw this kind of really quite sharp line downwards, uh, which, of course, then adjusted the difficulty, which kind of offsets some of the halving. So there's this wonderful dance between this hash rate and difficulty. Uh, but then it will stabilize over time. You'll see that you know, uh, you know uh, uh, creep back up again. So we'll, I expect we'll see the same thing. I, th- I expect everyone will power everything up right up to the last minute. Um, but there are a lot of old gem machines out there still still operating, which will um, finally reach uh, end of life. Um, and they will be, they will be, they'll be scrapped. Or some people will, will keep them just in case, because sometimes it can go crazy again. And, you know, you can get a little bit, you can squeeze a little bit more juice out. <laughs> it's, it's, ha- it's my first halving, actually, because
0: I got in in 2020, but kind of after the halving. So it's my first halving where I'm really involved in the Bitcoin community, and I'm really looking forward to it. Like people are like uh, looking forward to it like the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's a it's an, a similar event I found in the Bitcoin community. And, yeah, I mean, uh, as, as you, a
1: miner, it is it is on your mind uh, quite a lot because you you have to plan correctly um, because you know you, you can you can get this wrong. Uh, and um you know, I mean for example, there's a lot of really quite cheap miners around at the moment, which are sort of forty, forty-two watts terahash. That's really high. Uh, because obviously the new generation is is one X, you know, sort of eighteen, nineteen, something like that. So those those guys are really gonna dominate in the next uh in the next cycle.
0: Uh- You mentioned uh, Monero before and uh, I, I posted something before that you always come in because of Bitcoin and then a lot of cycles go and also my journey was like that, that you got into Bitcoin, then you get a lot of crypto's in your portfolio and get like the crypto expert and then all of the sudden, to the end, uh, it gets a so Bitcoin only portfolio. At least a lot of people have that uh, experience. Did you also experience with altcoins? Are you still experienced with altcoins? <laughs> How's your portfolio
1: going? Uh, you, you're asking me to reveal my wall of shame, aren't you? Yeah. Yes. I have to ask this question, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I'm Bitcoin only now. Um, and But I, I think the journey, I think you've described it perfectly. I think it's normal for most people. You discover Bitcoin. Uh, for, for me, it was Bitcoin and then the other coins. Sometimes I know it's the other way around. It's crypto and then Bitcoin. Um, so I just got Bitcoin and then fell for all the, this coin's going to be better than Bitcoin stuff. Before I understood uh, the tech behind it, the, before I understood the centralization and, and the control and the way that um, you know crypto, basically, I like equities, really, um, it, in the sense that they're really betting on a company and a group of people. Effectively, uh, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, I did. I did it. I I, yeah. I I played with everything. I think I had. I, I think I had it all at one stage. I had Neo, Cardano, uh, IOTA, XRP. I wrote a couple of articles about XRP, um, ETH. Um, I mean, I had about fifty. I think I'm not going to list them all, but cool. there were loads in there. Uh, most of which have have gone now. But actually, I mean, still got some stuff from the old days, still sitting in, in, in wallet somewhere. And I always say that as soon as the next cycle comes along, I'll just get rid of those and uh, move it into Bitcoin.
0: Yeah. It's a, I also got rid of, I think the last kind of dust, I mean, it was like a year ago. I went through everything. And then I discovered one Metamask wallet from the old days. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, Oh, there's the, there's still something in it. That was like hundred dollars worth of something. And I just, uh, uh, quickly converted it to Bitcoin, and now I got really clean. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 you, you're completely
1: clean now. Yeah, I'm still uh, say I've still got I've still got some stuff hanging around, but um, it's it's earmarked um, for disposal at the right time. I mean, if I could turn it into a couple of miners, I'd be very happy with that.
0: Yeah, you <laughs> have. Is there a the, uh, El Salvador flag in the in the background? I
1: wondered that. It is. Yep. 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 Uh, so I've been out there a couple of times. I, I love the place what's your uh,
0: impressions of of
1: el salvador and the
0: adoption there i never was there and i really want to go there uh, this november with the bitcoin adoption with the conference and uh, i always wondered like this is bitcoin for me is a bottom up approach like in the in the in the most basic sense but el salvador is kind of a top down like it, of course it started with bitcoin beach and it was kind of a grassroots movement but then the president pushed it from the top down also how do you see the, the adoption there? And can you buy everything with Bitcoin there? Is like how's the experience if you can share?
1: Yeah, I mean I, I'd love to say that you can buy everything with Bitcoin, but you can't. Uh it is a long, long way to go. Um so I've been twice. Uh my last visit it was, yeah, last year. So, um, so yes, being, uh, yes, it was a year ago, um, almost. Um, so I actually found that there were slightly fewer places to pay with Bitcoin on my second visit than my first visit. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, uh, most of the time I was in San Salvador, which is the capital. Obviously, I went over to El as Well, so check that out. Um, and there's a reasonable number of places you can pay with Bitcoin. Um, and, of course, I did the obligatory buying coffee, Videos and McDonald's videos, um, but lots of independent traders as well. Now, outside of the city, um, really, there's very few places uh, apart from El Zonte and a couple of other little hotspots. Um, but most of the country is still very much uh, dollar based. Now, I can also say there is a lot of focus on education and promotion, so I do think this will change um, over time. But it's not—it's not a short job. And I don't think Bekele ever considered it to be a short job. I think he realised this was going to be, you know, a, a long, long slog. But they seem to be up for it. And, they, and there's no there's no question that the country is very upbeat. Uh, it's very confident. It's very relaxed. Um, I I find it quite emotional, actually, because you can see the hope in people's eyes, which was not there before when the gangs were running the place. And they really did run the place. So these people, they think oh, I can go for a walk. I can start a business. I can, I, I can, I can do stuff without worrying about getting killed or kidnapped. Um, it's incredible. So there's a lot of opportunity there, and that 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 really came across to me, uh, and uh, I, I think that country really is going places. That's amazing. Yeah, a, I always I, I look closely at that
0: place, and I had like two people on that I actually. Uh, Almost kind of living uh, in the in in El Salvador, uh, they are not 100% there, but they're like 40 50% there. And uh, actually, tomorrow I have a couple there that uh, both uh, moved there, and they shared the story also online. And I'm really looking forward to that one. And it's interesting to see because may Bukele basically. Took the adoption of Bitcoin and moved it forward in his own country, uh, with the hopes that a lot of Bitcoin businesses and Bitcoin itself bring hope to the country with, with a lot of economic power and with a lot of um, yeah good people that have a lot of
1: bright minds in them, and yeah,
0: I think he will do really
1: good. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you've seen just the PR the country's got. Uh, as well. I mean, it really has put El Salvador on the world stage. I mean, obviously we can say, well, look, we're, we're maybe we're a little bit blinkered because we're, we're looking at, you know, X. But actually, it's out there in mainstream media. Normally people bashing it, uh, particularly, you know, anything which is linked to the IMF and <laughs> any TradFi stuff, just trying to really give them a hard time. Um, but I think it's unstoppable. Uh, and uh, they are, they're, they're, I reckon they're going to do it. I really do. Yeah,
0: me too. Um, I saw also some articles on on Medium of you and uh, the one that stood out to me was the Bitcoin ETF one. Uh, I followed the Bitcoin ETF quite closely. uh, (laughs) And you basically said, uh, like you made an article, what will happen once the Bitcoin ETF will be approved. I think the the effects of the Bitcoin ETF will be more long-term. It's not a lot like, oh, it's going to be approved and it's, in that day a lot of things happening and a lot of people hoped for like a god candle of 100k in the first hour <laughs> mm-hmm. um what what was you expecting uh before the approval and uh how how, how were you surprised or how were your expectations met
1: uh well that is a brilliant question there's a long way from there's a lot of places we can go with this one as well but uh so let me Try and summarise it a bit. I mean, I actually wrote, I think, six or seven articles on the ETF leading up to it. So will we have one? What will happen? Uh, what will happen if it isn't approved? Uh, what needs to happen? So I've, I've really got quite into the whole ETF idea, because obviously we've been talking about it for 10 years. I mean, the Winklevoss twins put their application in 2013. It's incredible, really. Uh, excuse me. So, um, So what I was expecting... And I did, there's no point denying this because I wrote about it quite extensively. I did expect uh, a very significant uptick very quickly. Uh, and I based that on the fact that we'd had two dry runs. So we had the Cointelegraph announcement. Do you remember that in October? Oh, yes, yes. It's approved. Yes. Immediately we saw an uptick. And that was only a small number of people really who saw that because it was retracted very quickly and disproved very quickly. And yet we had this really significant move um, so clearly there were people waiting for this, it wasn't priced in at that point. Then, of course, we had the SEC hack, or whatever you want to call it, um, and we <laughs> had the same thing, right? We had another move. So, so I thought, well, by then I was totally convinced, right? We've seen it twice. Obviously, as soon as this approval happens, we're going to see this massive uptick. And then, of course, and I, I'm sure you were funny as close as your eyes, I mean, the day was just a disaster uh, because, um, you know, we obviously had that problem. Uh, And then they did announce it, but no one was convinced then that it was real. And then they put it on the website. The website went down. Did you see that, right? So the, the actual announcement fell off the website. So at that point, it was like, I'm not getting involved with this until we absolutely know what's going on here. So by the time we got to that sort of third time round, everyone's going, no, nah, I'm not moving, until so I know what everyone else is going to do. So I think we lost the opportunity for that kind of speculative trading candle tab because the momentum never materialized. And, you know, as well as I had, it's all about momentum, right? As soon as you move quickly, you know, you liquidate the shorts and the, that creates more momentum and off you go. So we didn't get that part. But I didn't factor in, and I'm not sure many of us did really, um, the outflows from Grayscale in the first few days were that significant um, that really they, they offset uh, a lot of the inflows uh, and therefore the market price. In actual fact, we've, we've traded pretty much sideways as a result ever since. So we are going to see a longer term effect. You know, I've got no doubt about that. But I did expect to be a much bigger impact earlier on and so i stand corrected
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean the 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 ssc hack i think it really dried it down and made everyone unsure because i had two live streams on uh, on the second day when it was announced and on the first day it was announced uh, i was a little late and i was uh, was already going to sleep and i was like what it's announced and then i was like seeing it and then i was like oh it's the official account then i posted like a a thing that i already prepared when it's approved and i posted it at that post like i have eight thousand followers i usually get when a post performs good maybe three to four thousand views in the first hour that post got five to six thousand views in the first I don't know, ten minutes, five minutes. Like it, was, <laughs> yeah. it went completely insane. Uh and I got like hundred messages. It's not approved, it's not approved, it's not approved, it's not approved. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I was like, what what are you uh, what are you speaking about? And then I was like going to the SEC account and like and then I was going uh to the everybody's like Gary Gensler, Gary Gensler, and I was like, what heck? When, who do I trust now, Gary Gensler or, or, the, or the SEC? I mean, what a bizarre thing. It really was. And, and then on the next day, of course, um, I, I looked at the streams and people are like, this document comes out, uh, that exchange listed that, this is coming out. And, and like, okay, it seems more and more logical, more and more people saying, oh, it will come, it will come. But it was not that, okay, now it came. Like that moment yeah. never was there. It was like it was just like spread over a long, longer period of time, and this, yeah. as you said, it destroyed momentum. So I, I 100% agree with you here. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, and I think that would that would have changed things. Uh, you know, I think it, there would have been that speculative but I mean, probably would have come down again, actually, given what we now know with with the outflows and what have you. But uh, so maybe, you know leverage traders will, will be very pleased about that, but, um, um, but they should be doing it in the first place. Uh, so we, we'll never know, right? We'll never know it is what it is, but we know the long-term effect. We can be fairly clear about that. I think. What do you see about the long-term effects?
0: Like, I think there's just an, an enormous amount of, uh, like first capital coming in, uh, in the space that is unlocked. And the second part is like, there's a lot of eyeballs also coming in and a, a lot of, uh, older, People that first did not speak about Bitcoin all of the sudden speak about Bitcoin, and all the salesperson also about the in, in the ETFs and the funds that uh, all of the sudden uh, saying to all the clients and the high net worth individuals, buy Bitcoin. See, we have also this now in the thing. And like, how do you see this all playing out in the like next few years?
1: Yeah, well, I think there's several things. I mean, look, they weren't shy about putting their TV ads out, right? Because we've all seen those on Twitter and they they do vary in quality quite a lot. But the the point is um, they went out and they spent a chunk of money on on promoting it. But you also know that behind the scenes, there are going to be a lot of really salespeople going out and pitching clients and pitching the middlemen who deal with the clients to really sort of, Tell people this Bitcoin thing is pretty cool. You can put some money in. you can do it now. You can do it with us. Um, So whether, you know, the main operators behind these organizations really understand Bitcoin. We know some of them do. We're not 100% sure on some of them. Um, Whether their objective is to drive Bitcoin, which I don't think it is so much, or to generate revenues, which I think it probably is more to do with. um, They are going to go and sell this. And that they're going to say it on quite a large scale for quite a long time because they know there is a latent interest to, to some to some degree, so I you know that's that's the main thing is is they're now switched from being either passive or um or or, or neutral or or not promoting to sw- switching to going out there and being massively you know promoting it in any way shape or form they can i mean i will be interested to see what the Super Bowl ads are this year, but i wouldn't be surprised if we see some Quite significant ETF ads in there. Uh, so we'll see. But that's that's the biggest change. Now, that will take time to filter through. Um, and we can argue, you know, whether it's a good thing for Bitcoin or not, because I know there's, there's two sides to, to that argument as well. But, um, you know, ultimately, they will be hoovering up big chunks of Bitcoin uh, and it will go into their funds. Yeah, I mean the argument about, uh, oh, is it good or bad about
0: Bitcoin? I think it's, it's pretty easy. I think because if Bitcoin is actually the sound money as we all see it, as the 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 resistant asset that it uh, that we are seeing it, if a Bitcoin ETF kills it, then it wasn't never that what we thought it is. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> you're absolutely right. That's a really simple statement, but it's a really effective one. And the thing is, you know, as I always say to these people, you know. Uh, they're going to hold this money and they can do this, blah, blah, blah. I say, well, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you know, Bitcoin doesn't care what you do with it. It doesn't stop someone in Africa using Bitcoin as a medium of exchange or a store of value in another country. It doesn't... You know, the network's completely capable of dealing with all of this simultaneously. So kind of irrelevant what we do with it. It's just going to keep ticking over. Um, So th- there's room. There's room for, for all of it, even though at, at first it doesn't seem that way numerically, right? Because you just think, oh, 21 million coins, it, it can't be done. But actually, of course, you and I both know that that's not quite how that works.
0: <laughs> that's That's very true, yeah. <laughs> Um, we're coming closer to the end and we're having an interesting end routine in the in the podcast where the previous guest asks the next guest without knowing who's the next guest is a uh, question. And uh, your question is, when is the last time you paid for something in Bitcoin and which product and services would you like to pay in Bitcoin in the future?
1: Uh, probably, I, I would normally say everything, because I like to have that choice. I always ask if I, you know, if I go to a restaurant or something, I always, my family rolls the rice sometimes, but I always say, um, you know, (laughs) do you accept Bitcoin? Uh, Usually knowing the answer is no, but I always think, you know, if everyone asks that question, it'll it'll catch on over time. Uh, The last thing I actually bought with Bitcoin was a pint of beer um there is uh, uh uh there's obviously a few pubs around now but there are companies like Breach of bitcoin you go around setting these uh these these places up so um i think it was before christmas though so it's been a good month i think um so it's actually because i'm a bit tight with bitcoin as well i should make that clear um so uh but that was a couple of pints of beer uh, at, at the pub um so that was, that was my last purchase
0: that's an amazing uh strategy to Keep just asking about Bitcoin. Uh, I, um, you know, Red Bull probably it's an Austrian company, uh, the energy drinks, and in the beginning, uh, the Matteschitz, the founder, tried to get into all the restaurants, but nobody knew Red Bull and nobody liked Red Bull. Uh, it's like it, it was like you have to get in the restaurants, so you get to the contribution that. That everybody's known, and he just paid people in the disco and the restaurants to ask for ripple He's like, here uh, you have 10 euros, please ask for ripple Here you have 10 euros and ask for Red <sighs> uh, And and so Brilliant. in that way he got uh, uh, more leverage when he goes to the uh, restaurant or the disco or uh, the pub. Uh, oh. Would you like to also feature Red Bull in your in your um, beverage thing? And, and it's kind of the same thing uh, we are doing as Bitcoiners. They're really hardcore Bitcoiners, and I try to do it. I don't do it as much as I should do it. But uh, every time some Bitcoiner uh, asks for, can I buy Bitcoin in this? It's in their mind. It's, it's something that came up. And if it's the second time a guy asked in a week or the third time or the fifth time, it will be a discussion uh at some point in some business meetings, and it it's just it's that grassroots movement that slowly gets more and more people in and we need that for sure so it's it's uh, I highly appreciate uh every bitcoiner that does that uh, because it's kind of
1: awkward in public, but it's kind of necessary <laughs> I think so, and it's kind of fun i mean you know you do get a range of responses you don't really often get I don't know what that is anymore confusion you, you know now it's changed over the years uh so quite often you, you still obviously get mostly a no uh but every now and again it can lead to you know interesting conversation well, i've heard of that what what is that and, and so on and so forth so that's what we want more of right and just over time we'll uh we'll, we'll get there
0: i also have one more thing in that regard they are like lightning tips company where you can just print uh, a page out with QR codes on there and you can reload them with a few satoshis. And you can basically tip the waiters uh, Bitcoin with it. And you can also uh, see it in your dashboard then, oh, uh, like from 10 10, uh, tips, I gave out five already redeemed them. Whatever they are doing with it, but they basically had to deal with the lightning network. They had to deal with Bitcoin uh, to redeem it. And that's also a nice way to introduce Bitcoin in the public where you're just like, oh, I give you like a few fear tips, but there's also a, a, a Satoshi tip uh,
1: for for you. And do you know that's a really obvious thing to do? And I don't know why I've thought of that, actually. I mean, you know, I, I, have, I have set people up with Lightning Wallets and, and, and done it that way, but that's even easier in fact because you could just put a couple of lines of information you know where to get more information on this and what's just happened you, you, there's all kinds of stuff you could do with that it's pretty yeah. obvious actually
0: yeah i forgot the company uh, that is doing that it's just a site where you can just download it i tried it i i did it once at christmas and i gave everybody in my family just the cards <laughs> so and did like,
1: anyone take it do you know
0: uh, yes yes yes. everybody took it but it's uh, i i have a hard time in my family like uh uh, the closer people are to me, the more they have Bitcoin. <laughs> it's like I have a cousin that is really close to me. He is all in Bitcoin. He is now 19. Uh, he 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 he's, uh is. He's, I'm amazed at him how far he has gone down the rabbit hole and how deep he understands the whole financial system. <laughs> like he's he's really good. Uh, I was not at this level at all in this age. Then there is, of course, my dad who understood it because uh, he's a uh, he understood gold before, and then it's just the, the digital aspect of it. Like, and my mom, we talked about it. My sister also has it, but more because she trusts in my abilities and not because she trusts in Bitcoin. <laughs> so that's the situation. But I think more and more I get to it. So, yeah. uh, and you also ex- successfully orange building your family, or is it? Uh...
1: Uh, well, I think it's like you. Yeah, I mean, look, no man is a prophet in their own land, right? So let let's be let's be clear about that. Um, your family, you know, your own family always knows your your your, your idiosyncrasies and, and and the weird stuff that you've done, you know, in, in the past, and they can't help think of that when they're saying, "Oh, look, this is." you know, hard money system um so look i do have some members of the family who have um have the same same as you actually you know who, who are really into bitcoin and you know they're mining now and you know they do spend a lot of their time talking about it but we do have other members of the family who will absolutely take the mick any opportunity they can possibly get uh to to have a go um so you know it's a wide range <laughs> um, so look, I think you just have to take the rough, the smooth, not not engage, obviously, not get confrontational about it. Uh, yeah. Just a bit of a laugh with them to say, well, you know, it's what I believe in. And I do think it will affect you ultimately, but you, you, you know, when you're ready, have a learn. And if you're not, don't worry about it. Just carry on doing what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I think this is the general uh, sense as a Bitcoiner, uh, you should open everyone with, uh, like you should welcome everyone with open arms, uh, you should never force someone into learning it because you cannot force it anyways, uh, it has to come with some sort of interests. Um, uh, to end it up, to wrap it up, uh, where can people find you, where can people find out more about you, getting, getting in touch with you?
1: uh yeah i mean normal i been quite active on on twitter uh, i don't think i'm as active as you to be honest robin i think you you really you're really going for it i always read your tweets uh so you can find me uh jason a Dean on on twitter that's that's normal Place you can go. Uh, obviously, uh, RenewBlocks.com. Uh, it's only a static page at the moment, which redirects really you to the WeFunder. But uh, you can find me there, and of course on on LinkedIn as well. But uh, and my DMs are open on Twitter. So I always say, people, don't don't hesitate to get in touch. Just just drop me a line. I always answer. So um, yeah, shout me.
0: Thank you for being on, Jason.
1: Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Lovely to meet you, Robin. And hopefully, we'll uh, we'll speak again soon. Of course.